Hello and welcome to another quarantine bonus episode of The Heart of Markness Podcast. <laughs> I am going fucking crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm still working, which is nice. I mean, not as nice as staying home for free. But I can't stay home for free because people want me to pay them for things. And I have to have money to do that, so I have to work. But, uh, so, I'm still working, although it's about half my regular hours, um, because of business has slowed down, because of the plague. But, that's all good. Um, I guess I'm saying, I have nothing to complain about, but it is getting a little old to be housebound, which I love 90% of the time. But the other 10% of the time, I love the option of being able to go out and do something. Or maybe go to my uh, my neighborhood bar, Katie O'Brien's in Portland, Oregon, <clears throat> and have a delicious uh, dinner and perhaps a libation or two. But I can't, because everything's closed because of the fucking plague. So, I do these podcasts to keep me from going crazy and hopefully help some of you too. Now, I have been highlighting the recently released Masters of Mike Millard, the legendary California taper. And there is another release. In fact, I think the only one of his Masters that I haven't highlighted or featured was a Genesis show from uh, 76, because I don't know anything about Genesis other than Peter Gabriel sang for them for a while. And every time I've tried to, I just, uh, I just can't. It's either the dense prog stuff of the 70s, or it's the super pop stuff of the 80s, and neither one is really my thing. So, that one I've avoided. But the rest of them, I featured. And this is one of the rest of them. It is a fairly recent one. It's from 1990, and it is a Tom Petty show. You're like, Tom Petty, Mark? Really? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're like, woohoo, Tom Petty. Uh, yeah, Tom Petty. March 3rd, 1990, Costa Mesa, California. And um, this show, well, first of all, the Heartbreakers are a hell of a band. They're kind of like uh, Dairy Queen in that it's, it's fast food. But there's some good stuff there, man. You go to get that chicken strip basket at Dairy Queen. Holy shit, that is good. And Tom Petty, same thing. It's not, uh, it's radio music, right? But it's it's really good when you think about it. And then you think about Tom Petty songs and you realize you can list like 20 of them, if you think about it, that are good. Um, and then there's another 20 that you forgot about. And that's a solid body of work. And, um... Tom Petty never really, really did it for me much, although I have tremendous respect for his band. Um, I love Ben Montench, his keyboard player. Love Stan Lynch, his original drummer. Love that guy's drumming. Jesus Christ. You want to hear something? You want to hear some great drumming? Just a great drum sound and a great drum groove? Um, Mary Jane's Last Dance, which I think was the last session that uh, Stan Lynch played with the Heartbreakers before he quit. And, um, Jesus Christ, that is a good song. That is a song I can just listen to the drums. Ah, uh, let's see. But that's fine. That, that, that's about as much, uh, 
into Tom Petty as I get. It's still weird that he's dead. And it's still weird that he died of uh, fentanyl. It's weird that Prince died of fentanyl. These are people that I don't think of as drug rock and rollers. I mean, I know Tom Petty was in the 80s. Everybody had some problems in the 80s. and uh, But Prince and Tom Petty, those were surprising. Man. Anywho, this is from 1990. A little context. The Heartbreakers had gone through a little bit of a crisis in the 80s with uh, the drugs and the partying and just that midlife crisis that bands have after they've been together for, you know, 10 years, 15 years or so. Um, You know, like Keith Richards says in his relationship with Mick, little things, after a while, little things mean a lot. And, you know, just sometimes you just look over at your partner who you love, hopefully, and you look over at them and you're like, oh my God, if I have to look at her fucking face one more time or his fucking face one more time, sometimes we're not uh, grateful for what we have. Anyway, in the mid 80s, uh, the Heartbreakers kind of went through that and Tom Petty went through that. They did a tour uh, as Dylan's band, I think in 87, if you remember. Uh, Southern Southern Accents, I think, was was the album that came out around that time. I saw them on that tour, and if I remember correctly, I think I left. Because, first of all, I wasn't really... I was, like, 19. The Heartbreakers were not it for me. They were just literally in the town I was living in. We had this parking lot in Manchester, New Hampshire, um, by the river, by the Merrimack River. And there was the stage... And then facing the stage, maybe 100 yards, 200 yards back, was just a brick mill building from like the 19th century. And it was an instant echo chamber. It was like listening to a concert in a racquetball court. And it was just poorly done. But uh, I, I had tickets for Tom Petty. And I went because, if I remember correctly... And it's crazy because this is like 36, 33, 34 years ago now. Um, that's nuts that I'm that old. Uh, the Georgia Satellites opened for him, I believe. You remember them? Don't tell me no lies and keep your hands to yourself. And uh, Battleship Chains got me tied down with Battleship Chains. 50 foot long and a two ton anchor. Rock and roll. Real fun rock and roll, and I loved it because their 80s did not have much rock and roll. So those guys, the southern fuckheads, came out and just good old boyed it up and played a great opening set that was just rock and roll start to finish. And then Tom Petty comes out, and I think they opened with Breakdown. You know, boom, 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 boom. Not an upbeat, energetic opener. And I was like, fuck this i'm out i did that a lot back in the day i did that with robert plant i did that with i did that with metallica because the cult opened for metallica and the cult was fucking amazing and the metallica came out and they may have been fucking amazing too they probably were it was the injustice for all tour um but it just wasn't my kind of music i never got into metallica i was like the last year in high school that still liked Led Zeppelin, The Stones, Deep Purple, 70s classic rock, The Who. My friends, just a year younger than myself, they were all about 
the Scorpions and Metallica and Megadeth and and Ingve Malmsteen and just that eighties quick speed playing metal. So it's weird. I kind of got the last of the, in my opinion, good music. But anyways, I don't mean to talk about what an asshole I was, because I certainly should have stayed for that Metallica show and that Tom Petty show. And if I had my 52-year-old wisdom back then, I would have. But I didn't. So I was a prick, and I left. Anywho, this isn't about me and my questionable life choices. (laughs) This is about the plague and keeping everybody from losing their goddamn minds until this is over. So in any case, we have a Mike Miller tape from 1990, March 3rd, in Costa Mesa, California. And it is spectacularly good. The quality is great. The band is great. I love just listening to them. Even though it's not a very high-energy show, from what I understand, this is towards the end of the tour. And, you know... it. The night before, on the 2nd, both Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen had joined them on stage. Now, that show was not taped by Mike Millard, but this show was. And they did have a special guest, and it was Roger McGuinn from The Birds. And if you don't know who Roger McGuinn is, he's the guy in The Birds that sings Mr. Tambourine Man and to everything. Basically, he's the guy that was Tom Petty 10 years before Tom Petty was. The Rickenbacker guitar and that reedy voice... Uh, what? Oh, hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. Same kind of voice, same guitar. Tom Petty really based his sound and his image and his vibe on Roger McGuinn from the Ver- from the Birds. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so Roger McGuinn comes out and does a, a a short set with the band, which is exciting and fun, and you will hear that. But not yet. For right now, you're going to hear. What are they going to hear, Johnny? They are going to hear, they being you. Oh, this is the Full Moon Fever Tour, which is funny because it was was Tom Petty's solo album without the Heartbreakers, even though many of the Heartbreakers were on it. And by many, I mean at least Mike Campbell, and I think Ben Montenge was. I'm not sure. But um, in the late 80s, Tom Petty skyrocketed. He came out of his Dark Knight of the Soul, not only still being Tom Petty from the Heartbreakers, he was also in the Traveling Wilburys, which was George Harrison, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, and Jeff Lynne. Great project. Great, great, great project. They put out two albums, and they're fantastic. He also... Uh, recorded a solo album, Full Moon Fever, which was by far his most successful work ever. And that had uh, No, I Won't Back Down and Free Fallin' and Runnin' Down a Dream. Half the Tom Petty songs that you think of are on that album. Very, very good album. And this is the tour for that. And Petty wisely gathered the Heartbreakers to tour behind this which I can imagine would have caused maybe a little bit of backstage tension because it's like, oh, you put out this album without us and now you want us to tour behind it. But who knows? That's my projection. In any case, it's an excellent show from an excellent band. And uh, let's listen to, well, I mentioned it. Let's listen to I Won't Back Down. Beautiful song. And I believe in the video Ringo plays drums. I don't think he played on the track. I think Stan Lynch did. I don't know. 
In any event, I won't back down. Tom Petty, March 3rd, 1990. Heart of Markness. Ah! Mr. Petty uh, will not back down. Even if you stand him up at the gates of hell, he will not back down. You gotta respect a man with principles like that. Now, let's pop along to the next song in the set, because I spent almost uh, 13 minutes babbling initially, and I don't want to make this last forever, because this is a Tom Petty show, so it's like, um, this is like an appetizer platter. This is not a full meal. This is uh, this is 
like like uh, potato skins and mozzarella sticks, jalapeno poppers. This is just something to snack on while we wait for the end of the world. So let's hop into the next song, which is Free Fallen. Top shelf song. Great fucking song. One of the best. He deserved every accolade he got from this. Um, the lyrics are great. The song is great. It's fun. I used to play it when I played and sang. And um, I actually sang this one night with my friend Gus, who went from being one of those Scorpions metal players to a straight-up deadhead when he went to college. And he came over unannounced one night, and we just went up in my room, and we played guitar and jammed, and we played this song, because it's very easy to play, and sang great harmonies with it. Beautiful harmonies. And that's a good memory. Thank you, Gus. And thank you, Tom Petty. Here we go. Free Fallen. From what I understand, he won't back down, and she's a good girl. Loves her mama. Loves Jesus and America, too. Here you go.
That was yummy, right? Delicious little snack. Well played. Solid band. Do you see what I mean? Professional. Professional. Now, I don't think this is a magic night, but it is a very good night. If I saw this show back in the day and I wasn't an asshole like I was back in the day, I would have enjoyed myself. Now, the next song I'm going to play is my favorite Tom Petty song and my favorite music video of all time. Don't come around here no more. Now, this particular iteration of it is a little different and doesn't really soar like the original does in my mind. But because I love the song so much, I'm including it. And uh, so bear with me. It's I mean, it's it's nice. He pulls it off very nicely, but it's not as sharp as the original one was, I guess. So here it is. Don't come around here no more. Oh, good song. Good song. All right, I'll talk to you in a few minutes. Remember, May, I'm sorry, March 3rd, 1990, Costa Mesa, California, Tom Petty, Heart of Markness. See you in a few.
Ah, thank you. Thank you for indulging me on that. I love that song so much. And that video? Jesus Christ, the Alice in Wonderland one? One thing that's cool is Petty, Tom Petty, always had really interesting videos. Even his early, 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 like 1970s videos were interesting. They were interesting either cinematographically or, or something in those. There was always something unique about them. He always took time to make good videos. And I respect him for that. I mean, that's going back to, you know, the waiting and refugee and all that crazy shit, too, back in the day. Before, uh... Remember that Mad Max video they had? You found nothing, babe, till I found you. The one where they're driving through the wasteland and play video games and shit, because it was the early 80s. Good song. Good love. Oh, I can't remember the song. You got lucky, babe. You got lucky, babe, when I found you. You better watch what you say. That's what you're doing. You're listening to this podcast to hear me sing songs I haven't thir- heard in 40 years. Half remembered, right? Right? 
right? No? Okay. Well, we're on the home stretch now, which is probably good. And what I want to play before we get to the Roger McGuinn uh, trifecta, they did a cover song in this show, Something in the Air, from uh, Thunderclap Newman in the 70s. Pete Townsend wrote the song for Thunderclap Newman. And as soon as you hear it, you'll recognize it. And you will enjoy it. Hopefully it'll make you happy. In any case, here we go. See you in a few. You know how this works.
You ever stop and think about <clears throat> the noises that we make at concerts? Like the woos and the yas and the woo. I mean, we are we are primates. We are domesticated primates. And that's uh, seldom more obvious than listening to audience tapes and just hearing the noises people make. Myself included when I'm at a show. It's funny. It's funny. We are animals. We are apes. We are primates. It's all good. All righty. Now, we are about 38, 37 and change minutes into this. I'm going to play Roger McGuinn's appearances. There's three songs in a row. I'm just going to play them all back to back. You're going to get Mr. Tambourine Man, the Dylan song that uh, the birds picked up. Turn, Turn, Turn which I think is one of their own songs, and Eight Miles High. So you should know those songs. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy and there is no place I'm going to. You know that one. Do everything, turn, turn, turn. Which you should know that too. And Eight Miles High as well. Eight Miles High. Uh, the beginning of Psychedelia. It's not a great song. It's okay. But yeah, Roger McGuinn of the Birds, big influence for Tom Petty, both with his voice and his sound. And then Tom, of course, eclipsed him. But it's nice to have McGuinn come out and uh, get a little love on March 3rd, 1990. Now, I wish we had the tape of the night before with Springsteen and Dylan, but we don't. We'll make do with this. All right. Three songs back to back to back, and I'll see you in however long it takes. Bye bye.
Yeah. 
really nice for Roger to just come up and do that, you know? There you have it. <clears throat> Tom Petty's a better Roger McGuinn than Roger McGuinn, which is funny. And there you go. The three songs Roger McGuinn is famous for. The Birds were um, an Ur group. They were in the 60s. They were really big in the 60s. And then they, um, they had a million different people in the band. David Crosby was in the band, Roger McGuinn, uh, Graham Parsons, Gene Parsons, Clarence White. And in fact, Gene Parsons and Clarence White actually invented the B-Bender that Jimmy Page uses on his brown Telecaster. The one in 10 years gone and the one he used for the firm. That's thanks to the birds. So now you know who to punch in the face next time you see him. Um, so there you have it. Tom Petty, March 3rd, 1990. Um, not quite the gravitas of Queen or Bowie or Yes or The Who or Led Zeppelin. But, I mean, I can't besmirch any of it. It's all good. It's all good. It just doesn't, uh, doesn't have a place in my heart like the others do. But I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you found it a nice alternative to just sitting in an empty room waiting for quarantine to end, which is uh, not what I hope you're doing. So I hope you enjoyed this. If you have, please uh, follow me on Twitter at Heart of Markness. Join our Facebook group at Heart of Markness. It's uh, on Facebook. Search for Heart of Markness. There it is. Bunch of folks there. Really, really nice. Talk Led Zeppelin, talk classic rock, and be amongst your own. This show in its entirety will be available from my website, heartofmarkness.com, as are most of the shows featured in most of the episodes I produce. Not all of them, because some of them are spread out, some of them are compilations, and some of them just, you know, I don't have the show for it. Sorry. But most of the shows of the 50, I think this is the 55th or 56th, episode that I've done, although not the official 55th episode, because these are bonus episodes here. Um, But in any case, there's a bunch to listen to, and most of them have the full show available at heartofmarkness.com. So check it out. And if you want this whole show, you can grab it there. It'll be there very shortly while you're listening to this, if not uh, shortly thereafter. All right. It is 7.10 p.m. on Easter Sunday. In beautiful Portland, Oregon. It's been a beautiful day today. It's starting to get warm. The sun is out. The sky is blue. It's beautiful. And so are you, dear listener. And I think that's about it. If you want to... Oh, no, it isn't. I have to read the roll call of patrons. And there's more patrons than there were last time because they keep patronizing. Which is gratifying. If you would like to be a patron and help support this beautiful podcast, this well-oiled machine, uh, go to Patreon at, and search for Heart of Markness. I've got a page up. You'll get shows that nobody else gets, except other patrons. Well, look at that. 
All right. Part of Markness is brought to you courtesy of the patronage of these fine individuals. Avi, Bill, David, Other David, Jeremy, Mark, Mimo, Peter, and Tracy. Thank you, everybody, for making this happen. And because you're paying me, I now feel responsible for sticking with it. I have not missed a week since last July, July 2019, I believe. Pretty impressive. And uh, if more cool shows come out, I'll put out more cool bonus episodes for the quarantine. Other than that, you will see me next Thursday for the next official Heart of Markness podcast, which will feature something really cool from Led Zeppelin, or if not from Led Zeppelin, from at least Jimmy Page. All right. Thank you and adios.